Everyone, we continue our read through the New Testament, and today we are in Revelation 7. Now, Revelation 7 seeks to explain who can stand on the day of the Lamb's wrath, right? It explains how believers are sealed so that they can persevere through the tribulations and judgment enumerated in the six seals of chapter 6. Revelation 7 depicts the church in two different ways, the people of God in two different ways. First, as the militant people of God on earth, a reflection of the lion, and the victorious church in heaven, a picture of the lamb. And so the the great multitude, the 144,000, are ultimately reflecting the same group from a different vantage point. One, the church on earth, and the last, the church in heaven militant church and the victorious church. So let's go ahead and look at the militant church first, which is described as the 144,000. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. And then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or sea or trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. 12,000 from the tribe of Judah were sealed, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. Okay, so here we see these angels, these four angels, once again, a picture of the universality holding out the four corners of the earth. This is not a geography lesson. This is ultimately teaching symbolic language. They are, it's a picture of them holding back destruction. God is holding off destruction until what? Until the fullness of his people are sealed. Once the servants of God are all fully sealed, then the judgment will come, meaning God will not bring judgment until the fullness of his people are gathered. Now, what is this sealing? This sealing is the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14. In him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. And so the Holy Spirit is what we have been sealed with, and that sealing is a guarantee of our inheritance to eternal life. Once the Holy Spirit has truly indwelled and and someone has been sealed with it, that seal is irrevocable. It, it, It is unchanging. It is there and it is established, showing that those who walk away or fall away have never truly been sealed, even though they have may, may have been influenced or even felt the presence or the they have felt the work of the Holy Spirit, witnessed the work of the Holy Spirit. If they walk away and stay away from Christ, it shows that they were never truly and fully sealed. So we're told that the number is 144,000. Now, 
Once again, this number should not be taken literal, just as the, the numbers of Revelation are. They are meant to be symbolic. Here you have 12, uh, I believe the number of the Old Testament saints, to 12 with the number of the, the New Testament church, New Covenant church. 12 and 12 is 144 times 1,000, which is the number of completion, right? Completion. So you have 144,000, a symbol of the complete people of God who have been sealed. Now, the reason that this kind of census is given is because this is how, in the Old Testament, this is how whenever um, the Israel was getting prepared for battle, for war, they were... um, they were laid out this way as a means of preparation. You see this in passages like number one, Numbers 1 and 26. This was used to determine the size of the army and personnel in its preparation for war. Another reason why we know that this is symbolic and not referring to a literal 144,000 set of, of virgin Israelites is the fact that the tribes in Revelation 7 are totally out of order. This list is not repeated anywhere else in the Bible. It's utterly unique. It's out of birth order. Sons are not included in tribes. Um, For instance, Joseph, and then you have Manasseh, right? Servants never refer to a single ethnic group in the entire book, right? And so there's so many reasons. And also, we're going to see this group again in chapter 14. And we see that they are the 144,000 who have been redeemed from the earth, not just from Israel. And so, this, the reason why they are referred to as Israel, right, is because Israel is covenantal. We have become grafted into Israel when we came to Christ. Christ is Israel's Messiah. And He constitutes who is and what is Israel. And Israel is God's covenantal people, regardless of ethnicity, who have been grafted into Israel's Messiah, Christ. And so here, this is a picture of God's people sealed and prepared for the battles of this world, his militant people. And then, that's what he hears, describes, and I heard this. But now notice what he sees beginning in verse 9. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know. He said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God. And serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. 
nor the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And so we saw a picture of the militant church on earth serving the Lord as his, as his holy army, and now we actually see what the heavenly picture of the church is, right? This heavenly multitude that has already gone to be in glory, of which we will also join, they are those who stand before the Lamb with palm branches in their hands, like, a, like an eternal Palm Sunday here, shouting victory to the Lord, that salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. The Lamb has purchased their salvation. Their, their robes have been made white by His precious blood. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. And, and this is a marker of not only that end of the age, but the entirety of the age is that of great tribulation. As Paul said in Acts 14.22, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And so the whole interadvental age is marked as a period of tribulation. As Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation, but take heart for I have overcome the world. And that is the vision here. The vision is those who go on to be with the Lord, who are protected not only from falling away because they've been sealed by the Spirit, but those who will be protected by His judgment. And forever and ever the Lamb will be in their midst. Forever He will guide them to springs of living water. Forever He will wipe away every tear. It will be nothing but peace and joy and refuge and, 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 and love and happiness, and everything that you can think of that is unending, unchanging in the presence of the Lamb. And this is what chapter 7 is all about. It exists to give the people of God hope. It interjects this picture of darkness and suffering and pain. It, it, it interjects the reality of judgment to say that if you're in Christ, you are safe. You are secure. Though the world may slay you, though you are in a real spiritual battle, you are secure by the Holy Spirit. You are held by the Lamb, and you will be with the Father forever. And this little uh, parenthesis that he gives in between the sixth and seventh seal to bring comfort to the saints is found also between the sixth and seventh trumpets. And so these little interludes exist to provide assurance to the church that nothing will ever separate them from the love and redemption of Christ. So onward, Christian soldiers. Though you find yourself in the spiritual battles of this life, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And though it is hard to see, you already belong to a heavenly multitude which no man can number. And you will stand with them for all eternity, rejoicing with the Lamb who will be in your presence and who will forever lead you to living water. There will be no tears, no sorrow, no pain. So be faithful even unto death because Christ will hold you fast. What a great assurance in the midst of these terrible pictures of judgment. God bless.